0: This is Peter,
1: and this is Tom,
0: and you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Fresco, and welcome back to our podcast. Tom, I feel like this one is, uh, like if we didn't do this one, I feel like I'd be doing an injustice to our friendship. For your sake.
1: Well, I I don't know about that, but it it was one that um, we kind of, I I mean, I came up with it off the cuff.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. Well, basically my son was playing with some old action figures and said, who's this guy? And uh, and the figure was of Andre the Giant. So I decided, you know, that'd be a pretty interesting podcast because there's a lot of interesting uh, folklore out there about him. And, you know, he's one of these individuals that uh, people maybe might recognize a name or he might not even know. You may not recognize his name, but you might recognize his likeness that you see all over the place. Those old obey stickers and things like that—that's um, that's based on him. And people have heard of him. And if you Google him and that, you're going to find all sorts of information. And he lived a really um, interesting life, although a, a very fast, uh, quick life, also. Yeah. And I know you had it. And then I know you had a connection with it too. I guess we'll get to sometimes in the podcast. You have a little bit yeah. of a uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Connection. I mean, I guess you got it.
0: It is interesting, yeah. But um, one of the teachers at my high school actually. Uh, dated him like lived with him like she was like his wife to be or fiance or something um yeah when he died she was like really really sad so that's kind of how i knew of andre the giant but obviously everyone knows about andre the giant so i guess it's not a conventional episode per se it's not i mean it's not well i mean we
1: talked about i was thinking of it this way because my wife was like well, really you're doing andre the giant like and i'm like well <laughs> no we talked about like some other historical figures although know, he's not like historical figure he is a it is he is a he almost is a historical figure, like the I guess, right? stuff Pop about culture, as years yeah. go on, Like he's he's a, a modern day one, more or less. As like when we talk about David Crockett and all the crazy things, you know, that they yeah. supposedly David Crockett could do. in An episode back now, we're talking about Andre the Giant, Andre True. Rene Rusevoff, better wise known as Andre the Giant.
0: Very. I was going to say Rusevoff. Um, and, and you are a very intense wrestling fan.
1: Yes, that is. Um, <laughs> people who know me, know me. I, 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 it's not as much as I was when I was a kid or when I was even like a teenager. But um, actually, yes, it probably is.
0: I, it probably is. I mean, sure I, I've is. never, I was never into it per se. Again, communist Poland, come on. Um, but you know what's interesting is that even in communist Poland in the 1980s where color TV was something that, you know, one family member had, you know, like in yeah. your entire town. We knew who Andre the Giant was, and and we knew who Hulk Hogan was. You know, this is yeah, like they kind of transcended a lot. They of... transcended all that. Yeah, yeah no my, Iron Curtain there.
1: My grandparents, who came from Poland, they would used to watch. It would always used to be on TV wrestling when we go to their house, and that's one way that my grandfather learned English was watching professional wrestling.
0: He oh, would just watch it. And that's
1: how he. That's how he would learn English.
0: That's kind of funny.
1: So it kind of just I would mean, watch it with him, and actually he would like learn English, you know, by watching it. So.
0: Yeah. All right, so uh, I guess let's uh, let's talk about uh, one of your by the way, yeah. I mean, you, you, the first ever wrestling event I went to was with you, and this was probably like 15 years ago.
1: Oh, yeah, when the little kid was giving the middle finger to John Cena,
0: yeah. (laughs) We turned around and we're like,
1: F you, John Cena, and like I turned around, and it
0: was like this, like three year old, and his father's holding him proudly, and I was was like, like, oh man,
1: a little bit crazy, (laughs) a little bit crazy.
0: (laughs) Oh man, all right, so Andre. How would you say his name? Rusimov. 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 Rusimov right? Yeah. Um, so he was French. He was right? French. So Born
1: in France, yes. May 1946. May yep. 19th, 1946. And um, we'll just get out of the way now. He stood – he had a um, giganticism, right? This yes. Excess because of an excess uh, growth hormone. Um, and but gigantism,
0: giganticism, th- I thought, was – like when he was little, he had that. Eventually, he winds up having acro – how do you pronounce this? Acromedial? Nah, I can't say it.
1: Yeah. Um, acromegaly, which is basically, yeah. it's um, it makes everything bigger, like your forehead, the jaw, the nose, um, It really the deepened voice, right? The um, yep. problems with his they he had later on, um, the joint pain he has feet. later on, everything yep. just keeps on growing. And basically, he, he was told this um, in the mid-70s when he went on for a tour of to Japan. The Japanese doctor said, listen, this is what you have. We can remove this gland that will stop it. And he said, no. He said, yeah. just leave it. Um, and he knew it was going to shorten his life anyway um but yeah he 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 left it in and um but he was he was huge um obviously in his early life he was at birth he weighed 13 pounds and he displayed Imagine. all the symptoms of gigantism very early on he was yep. always they said he was always a good head taller than the other kids abnormally normally large hands but at the time he was 12 he stood six foot three wow which is huge um yeah. which is which is just massive um and they said what he would do is he would work um he worked, his family had a farm and he would work on his farm. He had three brothers and stuff like that, sisters. And they said, you know, he could do the work of like three other men because he was just so big and strong too. That's another thing with the gigantism. It's not only that you're so much bigger, but your body's producing so much more testosterone and everything else. He, he, he was a powerhouse, especially when yep. he was like a younger kid, just yep. like muscles and rip and just like, I, he was just amazing as far as his like feats of strength. This is at like 13, 14, 15 years
0: old. Yep. And in, in France, actually, at the age of 18, even during peacetime, one was drafted, had to do a required yeah, one year in the French military. And uh, when he turned 18, um, he was drafted like every other kid. And when he arrived um, at the base, it, it, they said he was too large to fit into any required uniform. Um, but then, like, besides that, they couldn't even make him a custom one. There was not a single bunk that could actually hold him. And it was impossible. This is what really kind of said. He w- He only lasted a couple days and they are like, okay, you can't do this. Um, it was impossible for him to fit inside any trench um, or big. any ground combat whatsoever, like to take part in any ground combat at the time. So they basically told him, all right, go home. Like <laughs> you don't have to stay. That's how big he was as an 18 year old.
1: Yeah, he was massive. And just to get back to his younger thing, I, this is something that people know, but um, the, the famous playwright novelist Samuel Beckett, I'm sure you saw this yep. in your the research. They actually made a yeah, little yeah, movie cool. about. It. They made a movie about it too. Actually, took up residence right in France. Um, Commissioned local laborers to build his cottage where he was going to like go write plays and stuff in the 1950s, and it was just a few hundred yards away from where the, Rufino, the Rusamos lived. And um, he used to actually drive Andre the Giant to school every day And
0: his pickup truck. Is and that his in his pickup, the truck. Is and like, pickup and truck,
1: and like a lot of the other um, local kids, uh, yeah. local kids too. Um, but he actually had some, this debate about how much we had actually stru- stuck, um, struck up a kind of a friendship with Andre the Giant. Um, you know, he wasn't Andre the Giant. Yeah, but talking about how telling him stories and stuff like that, and they would actually talk to each other. And they made a bunch of um, – a couple movies about it too, like made-for-TV movies, like My Dinner with Andre the Giant, Sam, yeah. uh, Didi. That's what Andre the Giant was called by his um, family was Didi. Huh.
0: So let's kind of get into it. And I feel like you're going to definitely probably take the lead on this one. But – Let's talk about like his rise to fame. Let's talk about like what he's actually known for, and then, and I think we'll return after some that of the, to some of like the more f- I would say fun facts, but interesting fun facts. facts,
1: interesting facts
0: and stories like the folklore, the stuff, the folklore, that became, yeah, like what makes him so entrenched in, in popular culture, popular and culture, uh, yeah. you know, and again, this is a history teacher's talking podcast, but we talk about pop culture in class all the time. So, all right, let's uh, let's get into Andre the Giant. You know, like how does he become a wrestler? How does this start? Well, Where, why is he, he
1: known? He quit school. He mm-hmm. was pretty good in school, from what I read. Right, I'm sure you saw that too. I saw that too. Yep. But he basically decided what are, he, I'm going to be a laborer. So there's no. Yeah, point. He said I'm going to be need, a
0: farmer. I don't need school. Yeah. I don't
1: need school. So he was like, I don't need to do that. And he worked on, you know, he worked on hay, on hay balers and stuff like that. And again, he was just so physically powerful. Um, but then he didn't really like that either. And then at age of 18, he moves to Paris and he was um, taught by a local wrestling promoter um, mm-hmm. who basically said, this guy's huge. So I can, uh, you know, teach if I can teach this kid how to wrestle. Um, It'd Be very helpful on wrestling, and I'm not going to get into too much into wrestling, it's not a wrestling podcast. But just yeah. for the um different fans, yes, wrestling is fake, right? It's predetermined, but in the 1970s, that was still it was known, but it was still very, very kept on the wraps. And if you went to a professional wrestler and said this is fake, they, they would break your nose, they, yeah. they would hurt, they would hospitalize you and say, How fake is that? which was something yeah. that happened into like the mid 80s, early 90s, still. Um, and so Andre to get to get taught was a big deal, they're teaching this 18 year old um what to do and he was built he was built as basically this um as Jean ferret which is basically this mythical french giant that lives in the woods
0: did he have um, a mask on because i read somewhere that his parents would actually watch him on tv not knowing that it was and when, him. when
1: he when he wrestled in japan he wrestled as the That's great destroyer and he yeah. would wear a mask yeah yeah
0: because I read at that time. like he's grown so much since he left his household at the age of like 15 Yeah, they, that they when didn't his recognize parents him. actually yeah. saw him on TV, they had no idea they we were watching his son. Their own son, rather.
1: Yeah. He was, he was called Monster Arusimov there in Ordo. Yep. In a great 70s, destroyer. Right? Yeah. yeah, in great 70s, right? Yeah, the seven, early 70s. And that's what they used to do with him early on um, is that because he was so large and he was still growing – is that he was used again the wrestling wasn't on tv it was on tv but not like there wasn't cable tv and stuff like that. it was very different so he would come into your town it would be billed as like you know this mass this monster romanov things like that would come into the area and um and be a big deal when you would see this guy walk around again yeah. at this time he's a he's he's about 74 which is huge yeah. when you really think about it. Um, and he's, he's in the 400-pound range. He becomes even larger later on.
0: Yeah, eventually he, he's like in the 500s, right? The 500-pound range, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and what he does is he meets Vince McMahon Sr. Not the Vince McMahon, if you follow wrestling now, but the Vince McMahon Sr. of the WWWF. And he suggested a whole bunch of different changes. One, he decides, right, we're going to call him, um, because Andre the Giant was actually really athletic. He could do, like, um, flips and stuff like that, drop kicks. So he said, no, get stop doing all those things, okay? We're yeah. just going to bill you as Andre the Giant, and you're going to do this really intense schedule on um, that. You're going to wrestle all around the world, but you're only going to be there for like a, a few weeks, a few months at the most to keep him kind of from being overexposed in any one area. And he was always guaranteed a large amount of money for doing this. And that's really what, um, started making him become famous is he would be in a town or territory for a couple months and you have to go see this, this Andre giant guy while you're there. And then he would, then he would just vanish. He wouldn't, he would work a couple of fuse and he would be gone and you'd go to another territory and, so it was always something new, always somewhere new is basically what was going on.
0: I think at one point, though, wasn't he the highest paid wrestler? He was the highest
1: paid wrestler at that point of all the time. I think he was making over four hundred or $700,000 a year, which in yeah. the 1970s was a huge amount of money. Yeah. And that kind of like goes that. into some of the other things I guess we could talk about now is that whenever he went out, um, they said he was very generous.
0: He always paid. He yep. always
1: paid. He always paid. He refused to let anyone else pay. He, one reason was because he had money. He, wanted to, he, he had no problem spending it. But another reason was because he he consumed a huge amount of food and alcohol, which we'll get to. He's like, yeah. no one else is going to. I don't want anyone else paying for me. And he was actually pretty good friends with. Um, I'm sure you saw this story, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. yep. And um, so one time, Schwarzenegger actually is able to somehow get a, get get the waiter and pay for the bill ahead of time. And Andre was like, no. And if I go out, I pay. And Schwarzenegger's like, no. He's like, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, this is after yeah. he made like the Conan movie. that I can. Yeah, yeah because. Um, how do they know each other? Because Andre the Giant actually played if you watch the first Conan movie, the Destroyer one, that yeah. like weird monster with the horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fights. That was Andre the Giant. Yeah. The I console. didn't know that. Yeah, that was I didn't Andre know that. until.
0: tell I knew I know that because I was doing research for this, but I did not know that.
1: Yeah. That I mean, was I see Andre pictures.
0: Miller. I you see pictures of him and Arnold like on a set of Conan and and Arnold looks like a little child he looks small. next to him. And
1: that's what and that's how he treated Arnold. Fortunately, John Fortuney was like, "I'm paying." I already paid. And Andrew John's like, "No, I pay." He's like, He's like, but no, listen, I'm on a Schwarzenegger. He's like, no, let me, this. he's like, I pay. And he picked him up. And he said, he picked me up like a child, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He still tells the story. He picked yeah. me up like a child and he put him on like a, a dresser, like this like bookshelf that was in the restaurant <laughs> and just insane. left him there and just left him there and said, I pay. And he's just insane. like, and he's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he's like, this guy <laughs> picked me up. He's like, I'm not a small man. And he picked me up like nothing and just placed me up on top of this dresser and walked away. And he just said, I pay. I was like, That's what sad. are you going to do to that? So anyway, um it's another one of those stories.
0: So after Japan, right he gets he gets to the u s like you said, he does like this whole world thing what What would you say? Really. At what point do you think he becomes like WrestleMania Three, like or is well, that, that's my that, again? Known.
1: Again, um, this is me kind not of not a wrestling
0: but you know, for people yeah, like me that are podcast, ignorant
1: but he's ahead. already huge. He's a, he's he's widely popular at this point. Okay. He has a the, back, mean, I know he's
0: got a back injury in the mid eighties that actually has to wear a belt for from that point forward. Yeah, he wears a brace slows you, down.
1: You'll see, um whenever you see him wearing the uniform, the I guess outfit that a lot of people are used to see, seeing him wear.
0: Yeah, like that one-piece thing? Which
1: was a one-piece with a black singlet. The reason mm-hmm. he started wearing that was because he wears a back brace underneath because his back was so messed up. Yeah. He also broke his ankle a little before that. And when a 7-foot, when a 500-pound person breaks their ankle, it's a major injury. So it, yeah. it took him a long time to recover, and you ever see pictures of the injury. It's gruesome, especially this is in the 1970s, early 80s. And you have to understand, too, he's doing a lot of travel, but the guy's 7'4", 500 pounds. He fits in nothing. And I think well, that's you know, talking about travel, did you
0: like? I'm sure it's you probably, impossible. you know, looked into that. But like, he and eventually he started, obviously with the money, he would get business class. But even business class, he always had to get enough. multiple seats. seats. he couldn't fit. And this, remember, he's going back and forth to Japan.
1: Yeah, like a lot of these times, he got these massive flights, and he they said he's too big. What they would have to do when he had to relieve himself, they would call the. Oh, did you read to, this one? Yeah, the and thumb. he'd have to, and he'd have to. He would go into the bathroom in a bucket. They put a curtain around them. He would go into the bathroom in a bucket, and then they would, you know. Dump it out. or oh, that was in the hotel, yeah.
0: The yeah, in the hotel, they, they said, he's from, because the toilets, no toilet could support him. So when he him. was in a hotel, sometimes he had to literally like sit on a tub as would, if that, that was his itself. toilet to go to the yeah, bathroom. And then,
1: and then there was one, I remember Hulk Hogan was telling this story um, on the documentary. Was him and Hulk Hogan, we'll talk about them, I guess, their big match. But they were yeah. very good friends. Andre Giant was Hulk Hogan's best, Hulk Hogan, Andre Giant was Hulk Hogan's best man at his wedding. Yeah. So they, awesome. they, were, they were very close. Um, but he told this story of how the um, the tub was even too small. He couldn't even That's get into like fun. the bathroom. So all he did was he took, he laid a bunch of newspaper out on the bed and just went to the bathroom on the bed. Nuts. And then he like called Hulk Hogan in the come and look. What he did? He's like, hey, look at this, look at this, brother, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's funny, <laughs> but it's also that. very sad because like this is what he had to do because it was just he was just too big. Imagine everything being too small for you, and it gives people at, at home an idea. They would they would show this. Is that his pinky ring? You could take a silver dollar and slide it through. Yep. So that gives you the idea of how large is him When he would drink beer, he would drink like a six pack almost. That one he could palm. He could physically palm a six pack. That just gives. I the mean, idea there's the like story. There's stories. Yeah, and, like and we'll he, get into that. We get into those. Yeah, like
0: he, he consumed, consumed like over seven thousand calories worth of alcohol every day, and and, and, like, and and he wasn't drunk. Yeah, it didn't affect him. Well, you okay, that one.
1: So, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to. Yeah, this. okay, we'll get to that. All right. So I guess, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get to so into fun facts. Yeah, sure. All right. So he becomes known, right? He, he's what's well known
1: here? WrestleMania one, WrestleMania two. He's he's a good guy. Okay, he he's uh, what, what's called in the wrestling business a face. He's a good guy. Everyone loves him. They love Andre the Giant. Um, so he, but he is winding down his career. He's getting a lot harder for him to. He gets he does get back surgery um, to prolong his career a little bit because Vince McMahon Jr., the Vince Man that people know if they follow wrestling now. Buys this company from his father, basically, and he says, oh, I have this great plan he, uh, for WrestleMania. They have the first two, Madison Square Garden. The other one's in three different places. doesn't matter, but he wants to sell out um, the Pontiac Silverdome, right, mm-hmm. in Detroit, Michigan. And it's, it sets the indoor, indoor attendance record at that time. It stands for a number of years, ninety three over 93,000. And the main event is Hulk Hogan versus Andre Giant. And Andre Giant, up to this point in the WWE, he was being, he was built as undefeated, right? You can never beat Andre Giant. Um, Hulk Hogan was also this unbeatable. He's, he was champion for like three years in a row, which doesn't happen anymore now, right? So they're, they're, they they were always best friends. They always teamed up a lot of times, okay? Now, again, if you were a wrestling fan in the 70s, they Hulk Hogan and Andre Giant did fight before. They actually fought at Shea Stadium. My dad tells me my dad was there. He <laughs> remember, he actually saw it. It was like, it wasn't even the main event, it was like an undercard right no, there wasn't the main said. event but it was just one of those things and it, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a it was cool right um but most wrestling fans didn't know that so they had this big match like right? who's going to win Andre Giant's never lost but here's Hulk Hogan right so the and the whole time they're kind of wondering you know one is Andre going to be able to do the match and two the big reason why Andre Giant though he did lose matches occasionally was because if he didn't want to lose a match how were you we going to beat him there was no way you were going to pin him to the match if you, yeah. because A lot of times in these wrestling matches, like overseas and stuff, these old-time wrestlers tell you stories. They were supposed to win a match. The other guy didn't want him to. They, it would become a shoot. They actually would have to fight and wrestle and beat the other guy. You had to know what you were doing. But you could, that wasn't going to happen with Andre the Giant. It just wasn't going to happen. So they never really knew until that day uh, what was going to happen. Even when the match started, there's a lot of these rumors where they were like, you know, they don't know if Andre's gonna do is going to um, do the honors. That's what they would call it. So Hogan was like, I don't. Like, I, I hope he does because if he doesn't want to, it's not going to work, right? So yeah. they have the match. And if you watched the match, it's not the greatest wrestling match in the world, but it was huge. It was huge. Um, I've watched it with my kids several times every once in a while. I say, I think we it's, it's not a very long match either. They just like to watch it. But um, in it, you can see certain times and they, they show it in some of the documentaries. Like Hogan, Andre Giant has Hogan in like a bear hug. And usually Andre Giant would pick you up and like move you around. He could barely walk at this point. Uh, he was in so much pain. So wow. Hogan's on his tippy toes, right? Kind of like trying to take the pressure off and stuff like that. Um, but in the middle of the match, towards the end of the match, Andre tells Hogan, um, body slam me. And Hogan uh-huh. has, did, did body slam him before, but this was years earlier, and he wasn't as heavy. Uh, at this point, Andre John was over 500 pounds. And he's like, um, wow. "Okay." And he and you, Hogan's like, "Listen." Man. He tells me to body slam him. I'm, I'm gonna body slam him. He's like, "Fine." So he picks him up and body slams him. It uh, wasn't the first time he was um, Andre Giant was ever body slammed, but at that weight, it's still it's like five over five hundred pounds. Yeah. Hogan actually says, he, um, "You'll see him kind of like reach back after he body slams Andre John This is dead weight. Andre John can't help him. You know, pick himself up."
0: Yeah.
1: He he pulls he pulls the uh, lat muscles in his back.
0: That's nuts.
1: He actually, in some interviews, he'll show you, like, uh, he'll, like, you know, pull up his shirt and show you, you can see, like, the indentations in his back still, from, like, when he just, he just pulled everything. He just shredded his back. Uh, that's how heavy Andre Giant was when he I mean, it's just him.
0: the fact, like, if you see, like, the, vi- I mean, you could YouTube this. Um, he he sams him. Like, he, he picks him up. And it's it. nuts. Hello, this is Gary Chahot, welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present, Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. Yeah, that's pretty
1: nice. So, I know, I, I just always thought that was that was kind of a, a cool thing cool. anyway. So he, yeah, he body slams cool. Andre Giant, one, two, three, he wins the match. Um, from there, he still goes on and wrestles. Um, i thought Hunter it was giant.
0: japan right didn't as he finish he finishes up his career in japan right well he he stays
1: uh for quite some time in the wwe um he wants to become a, a good guy again later on he becomes he actually becomes tag team champion with this other wrestler named haku we're not going to go into him but if you want to look at some crazy wrestling stories Andre giant basically said the only man he ever feared was haku <laughs> this guy was a maniac um like, some guy called wrestling fake, and he said, oh, this is fake. He pulled. He grabbed the guy by the jaw and just snapped the guy's jaw. Like, underneath, like, into his mouth and just snapped it. Yeah, he's a guy called wrestling. He's, you know, he's I'm a lunatic. Anyway, I don't want to get into the haku. Future <laughs> podcast. Future podcast. As everyone Crazy can tell, Tom listen.
0: really likes this stuff. I'm just kind of, I'm, like, unleashing <laughs> Tom over here. He's like oh, We're not talking about wrestling, but we're not talking about wrestling, but. No, no, that's, that's good. We need context here.
1: All those wrestling podcasts are going to get mad at me. But I'm thinking I'm stealing their thunder. <laughs> yeah. but um right. <laughs> yeah so but he he stays around for a while um obviously um up until the 90s he's still there um it's sad i remember seeing him in the early 90s re- uh, not wrestling but he would come to the ring and he ha- he'd he have um crutches he'd have to come on crutches because he a yeah. guy couldn't walk um yeah. and it was sad seeing this guy who was you know seven foot tall 500 pounds and he, can, he can't even move and he's even saying he's like i will i'll be back he's like i'm gonna get you know i'll be back soon and then people are going to pay and stuff like that, and everyone's like, "Wow, okay." And this is in the you know early '90s. Um, so then he does like his last appearance is actually um, he get, gets kind of a fight with Vince McMahon, apparently, from what I've what I've read and then I've seen in some documentaries. Um, HBO pretty recently, just maybe last year or so, maybe two years ago, they did a really good, interesting document documentary on him.
0: Didn't you watch it with your kiddos?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, well, my is a kiddo oldest, appropriate? My, my oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's nothing. Okay. it's nothing like that. It's the, the, yeah, they talk about him drinking alcohol, but nothing like that. And then, nothing crazy. Talked about how, what, well, what, <laughs> one of the things Don John, John liked to do in the ring was if you ever watch a tape where he's sitting on someone, he's mm-hmm. also farted on them.
0: Yeah, yeah I read that. And they said, like, there were like intense 30 second farts.
1: I said, yeah. Um, they said Hogan said he timed one once in an elevator and it lasted over a minute.
0: That's insane.
1: And it was just, like, disgusting. Like, it would literally just, like, make you vomit. That's, it. That's what it was. And he would always do that in a match. Where he would uh, go and just like do that all the time. And so, Jake Roberts was in an interview saying once that Andrew John was doing that, and started laughing and said, "Oh, sorry." And then Jake Roberts looked over, and his shoulder was um, this co- was basically colored. Uh, i oh, so, heard so but then, so then, then well, what are you going to do? Like, it's yeah. it's a seven foot tall, five hundred pound man. Yeah, you're doing that to you. You're not really going to be able to do much. But he so continues to the wrestle. He passes um, but,
0: away from what? Does he well, pass he goes away? to
1: France. His yeah. father dies.
0: That's what it was. And he's, he decides he's going to stick around for a little longer.
1: For a little while. Because he's having fun seeing all his old yeah. um, family. So that. Because he lived here. He lived in um, North Carolina, actually. Yeah, he had a house, they North said Carolina. with a
0: tree that grew through it in like three yeah. stories.
1: And he had like a giant ranch. And he said the people in the town were so just like, you know, used to him that they didn't like swarm him because he would go somewhere and he would stick out and people would always come over. <laughs> really? And... <laughs> well, yeah, but he was no, also I'm I'm said very sad at times because, yeah, yeah, no. They said so kids something. used
0: to point at him and he was upset by that, you know, like, hey, yeah, yeah, wow, he, look at yeah.
1: That. And a lot of his, he, he would tell a lot of his friends, like, I just wish I could live like one day a week, just like you, like, just like, yeah. you know, walk around and go, go to the movies. He's, he always talked about how he heard about how awesome, um plays were in new york city like music he always wanted to go to one and they're like we'll get you tickets we'll go he's like i think i can't go he's like i where am i gonna sit i'm not going to fit in the seat if i have to get uh, get up and if i sit in front of people they're not gonna be able to see he's like that's not fair to anybody he was very conscious of like how he how he not even not necessarily his appearance but just him being there could like throw things off for other people you know it was sad that's why he liked being on that ranch but he did go home for his father's funeral and he basically dies in his sleep he has heart failure yep um, and by then, you
0: know, by Tommy, he's been—I mean, he's been gone since the '90s, now early '90s. But 1992, I mean, yeah, he's running yeah, he away. is. I mean, he again. If you think about it, this isn't this transcends wrestling, and obviously, like mm-hmm. he's also on TV. I mean, he, I remember him well, specifically from one of my favorite movies of all time, *The Princess yeah, I was Bride*. Say that.
1: Princess Bride, when that part was um, Fezick, right? The the, Fezzik, the giant, yeah, basically, yeah, the, giant, yeah. the guy yeah. who wrote gentle the giant. Yeah, the guy who wrote the book—I forgot his name—I can't remember right now—wrote. It was a huge Andre the Giant fan, and he said when they were making the movie, he's like, "You have to get Andre the Giant for this movie." Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, okay." So they got. Do you know he was way- also
0: he was also in Goonies' um, music video, "The Goonies Are Good Enough" by Cindy yeah. Lauper.
1: Yeah, well, he was Fiat, yeah, Though a lot of the wrestlers were, were with yeah. that because Cindy Lauper was very good friends with Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, who played the father and and like girls want to have fun rock and yeah. wrestling connection.
0: Oh look at that. There's something new.
1: Yeah. So um but yeah, he was also played um Sasquatch in the six million dollar man.
0: <laughs> he did. It was the secret the secret of Bigfoot, part one yeah, and part Big, two. Yeah,
1: exactly. yeah And he, yeah, so exactly. he was in a lot of things and Billy Crystal talks about him very fondly. Billy Crystal wrote the movie My Giant. It was supposed to be um Angre Giant started the movie with him. That movie yeah. My Giant instead yeah, Andre Giant movie. passed away and yeah. had um George Murison, the basketball player, filled yeah. in instead. I never saw yeah. the movie. I, I remember seeing it advertised, but it was originally written for Andre Giant. They talked about how Andre Giant was like this very, like
0: kind, Did talk, kind man. To talk about, um, the Prince's Bride, um, Carrie Elves, the, the main guy that in the Princess Bride, uh, recalled later on when he wrote a book about it a few years ago, he said that Andre Giant got so drunk once he had like 116 beers and that he literally just passed out in the lobby yeah. of a hotel. Um, yeah. and they, they like, do. they didn't know what to do. So they just left him there because there's nothing that can move him.
1: Yeah. they and said to... him before, Yeah. They couldn't, yeah, they you were just couldn't like,
0: wake him up. And... Yeah. They couldn't wake him up. So they just like left him in this lobby. <laughs> like people are still coming in, in the middle of the night. People had to like walk over him. Yeah. And yeah stuff they had like to like that. over him. Be... Like, oh, that's right. It's just hard to destroy it. But another time he also talked about, it's just like during the making of Princess Bride, he said that he got like really drunk at one point and he like fell over onto somebody and like crushed somebody. Hmm. And, um, they said that after that, they actually had like a NYPD. I'm not sure this is true, but you know, at least this actor from uh, Princess Bride says that NYPD would send an undercover officer to follow them around, uh, whatever they went drinking in New York, New York City, so that way he like didn't fall on anyone again. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but that's pretty intense. Having said that. Let's uh, let's get into some of those interesting facts about Andrew Giant. You know, as well, what like I think
1: what, I guess we could, for, I guess, interesting fact is personal if he does have a daughter.
0: Yes. Uh, her name is Robin uh,
1: uh, Christianstein Romanov, uh, um, basically, Rusomov, I'm sorry, Romanov, somebody else. Yeah. And um, the, she only met her father a few times in her life. She said she always was aware that was her father. Yeah. Um, and if you watch the documentaries, you read the books, anyone has said, I mean, again, you might be sure, but said Andre, he talked about her all the time, um, but okay. he just didn't want her to live, to be exposed to that type of life. Well, he left as, everything
0: he owned to her.
1: Yeah, she, yeah, he left everything. He said he always yep. wished he had a better Even like his likeness
0: and stuff. She has, you have to like she ask. She has rights, la- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right anything that language. they
1: do with her, they have to ask her for permission. Yeah. That's how she makes yeah. I mean, I'm sure she was, you know, she has her, her own career and everything that too. But yeah, he left everything, the ranch, uh, all of his yeah. money. He still had a, he was still a multi millionaire when he passed away. Yeah, because uh, he's still on your job. But his likeness too. So if they make action figures, if he's in a video game, the documentaries, if they, you know, anything like that, they they have to go through her. And she's, she allows it, obviously. Uh, because she understands it, um, but it's it's sad too. She's I'm sure you would like to meet, know more about your father. I'm sure he would like to have more of a relationship with her. But I only I think that may only a handful of times did they ever actually even meet. She would he would always send you know get presents and stuff like that. But you know again you want Crazy. your actual you want your parent there.
0: Crazy. Uh, so let's talk about his someone is drinking because this is this is there's a lot of interesting stories. Well, he's stories he's,
1: he's basically unofficially crowned the greatest drinker on earth, right? Yeah. they're saying at one point he drank I had some here at one time uh a hundred and well there's more than once um but he drank hundred and fifty six beers which is yeah. about a hundred uh a hundred four hundred and seventy mill, uh milliliters or yeah. seventy three liters of beer
0: and if anyone has a has a chance when you were listening to this later on Google a picture of andre the giant holding a regular twelve twelve ounce can of beer yeah, and what it looks it. like in his hand it it is tiny. I mean, that's why he could down 100 beers. Like, a can was like it, – it looks like a little
1: kid's toy enough. in it was his hand. It's absolutely nothing. They said Not. he once went to a bar. He walked in, ordered 40 vodka tonics as soon as yep. he walked in. And he drank them all within a short amount of time. They're just like – and he, he wouldn't even know. They, they wouldn't even like, – I mean, he would he drink
0: like, like five bottles of wine during dinner every day. Like, you know, people have a glass of wine at dinner. Like, he would have five bottles.
1: Yeah, he would, but he would order it right away, and it wouldn't. And they said a lot of it was to dull the pain because he was in a lot of pain all the time. Um, it was, and that was a problem too when he got back surgery. Uh, at one point, they tried the, the anesthesiologists came in and they tried to figure out, well, how much can you drink? Is that how we can tell, like maybe you know, the feel the start feeling. Yeah, the anesthesia.
0: Effects. They couldn't figure then, out how much anesthesia to give. Them. And they
1: didn't know, so eventually they just kind of equated it with an elephant. That's what they said.
0: Yeah. And yeah, they asked they, him. They are like, realistically, how much can you drink? And this actually came up when he was on David Letterman. And he
1: takes um, t- two liters of vodka before he feels yeah. warm. And, they're like, and that's Wait, what
0: he. What? Came- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and David Letterman. That's what he said. Like when he passed out in a hotel like lobby, he said he drank like 117, um, you know, beers in one sitting. One sitting, he sat down and drank 117 beers. Um, but you know, he was capable of doing like 127 or 150 once. <laughs> like what? <laughs>
1: what? Yeah, he, he could just do that. But he said he was always like the nicest guy, too. I know there was this one story that I heard several times. So I'm just going to say it's true because why not? Um, where these guys were kind of giving him and his friends a hard time and saying all this other stuff about it. And then as, as they left, they actually um, threw water or beer on one of Andre John's friends. So Andre John, they, they run out to the car and they try speeding away. And all of a sudden, they realize that the car's not going anywhere. They look back and Andre Giant actually has – has picked up the car on the bumper. He's picked yeah. it up. And the car's like trying to drive away. And the guys jump out of the car because they're freaked out. And he actually flips the car over onto its hood, onto its yep. roof and just they walks said away. he started
0: doing this when he was really young. He yeah. Loved, young, yeah. That was his number one it. prank, like yeah, moving cars. Would,
1: but that's really – like think about that. That's his prank. I'm just going to flip your car over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts.
1: You know? And he said uh, the cops came and the cops were just like, what do you want us to do? <laughs> like, they would just be like <laughs> – if they all liked Andre. He's the kind of cop to go and have a drink with him. They're like, yeah, Don't don't make him mad. And he wouldn't have flipped your car over.
0: They said that like, whenever he was out with friends.
1: It, it wouldn't happen today, obviously.
0: But. No, no, no. But I mean, whenever he was out with friends, they said oftentimes they're like, Oh, let's mess with this person. Like, they would just move. Like, if it was a smaller vehicle, it was even easier for him. He would literally move cars around, like face the opposite direction of them. Like that was yeah, his he, that was his go-to prank. That, that was his thing. <laughs> yeah, he's they said he always lifted it through the front and then he would like in like a squat, like scooch over, like while twisting the car, and then go get the back and keep on doing it, like just lifting cars. Like, that's that's nuts. Um, he also said, like, his fingers presented like unique problems. Um,
1: he wouldn't be able it, to use like a cell phone today,
0: yeah. That. There was no way he could use a cell phone today. No, um, no. they said he could never use a conventional rotary phone back then, like, it, he needed to that use a sense. pencil, like,
1: like a pencil. Yeah, there's no yeah. way you wouldn't be able to. People listen to the man, I can remember. Some of these people are rotary. They're phone like, "What's this? a
0: rotary phone?" Um, also, they said that he always was mesmerized by the sound of a piano, but he could never play the piano because they they actually measured his one finger would touch three keys. Um, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so large. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, you're that when you're that big, it's just hard to imagine. Like, t- take like go look at like I guess get like not doll furniture, but like little kid toys. Yeah. And try to like use that as an adult and just sort of – they said it was like going like going to like a preschool and sit in the chairs. That's what it was like for him. Yeah. He had the, I and think, other than his ranch, he had like custom-built everything.
0: But. Yeah, and that's kind of the, talking about custom-built things. One of the things um, – like he loved the QVC, right? Yeah, he
1: could order stuff, yeah.
0: He could order. Yeah, that came out in like mid-'80s. And he was like – first of all, he did not like being in public too much because he felt like people stared at him a lot. Again, regardless of how much wealth he had and how known he was. So he would just sit and like, you know, shop on the home shopping network. He would. They said he loved it. He would just all the time would just buy things. He would sit there and watch TV, flip the channels, and order things. Oh, this is pre-internet, obviously. You know, yeah. but and I think just we kind of glossed over this idea of drinking. But in a grand scheme of things, like he wasn't a drunk. It he drank no. a lot because his body, like, really wasn't affected that much by it.
1: That's what it was. The reason he drank so much was it. It would take 116 beers to maybe start to dull some of the pain, but really, it's also he was a sociable person. I'm not, you know, I'm not condoning the drinking that much, obviously, but and it was just he, he could. I mean, when you're that size, it's yeah. not it's, it's 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 not the same. Like it's just, it, that would kill most people. Yeah, or you just wouldn't be able to do it. You you pass out, and he he would just keep he would just keep on going. And they said no one could ever keep up with him. People would try. He would they had like competitions and stuff. And there's like no way, like no one could even come close. They said, Rick Flair, he's always tried to beat him and obviously never came close. There was always a rumor, too, that uh, he had an extra row of teeth. That it wasn't, <laughs> It's not true, obviously, but the, yeah, I remember in the interview with Rick Flair, he's, talking, he's always, always trying to look up and see if he had like an extra row of teeth and stuff oh, like that. That's funny. Because all these things, that he had like um, a heart on both sides. That's another reason why he was so big. Like, what? But that's, These are just the rumors that you know came out at the time about him.
0: Hmm. any other uh fascinating facts you got about him well i think one that uh he was
1: the first ever inductee into the into the hall yeah, of fame yeah, the that, hall yeah. of
0: fame all right and
1: it wasn't even a banquet or anything like that. but 1994 he becomes the first person um some of the other stuff he didn't like wrestling um wrestlers that had baby oil on
0: yeah he hated that. that one i read that. Hated that
1: so if they had it he would just he would just beat them he would just slap them you know if Andre giant like slapped you on the stomach or on the, like the chest it could it could stop your heart so a lot of wrestlers would like wear it, but then if they wrestled Andre Giant, they'd be like, "I'm I'm not going to wear it anymore, because it's just, it's just not worth it." Wow. <laughs> so I imagine that, like if he smacked you.
0: There's one guy now that um is like Big Show. Is that his name? Yeah, Big Show. Yeah. They said like Paul, he's Paul similar to him, but no. Well, he that was similar size. to
1: him. He he did have um. There's still debate if Andre the Giant was actually as tall as they say he was. He yeah. was not the tallest wrestler ever. There's been taller wrestlers. Um giant gonzalez was bigger, but he wasn't was never really like a name um yeah. But, yeah, but the big show was actually when he first came out he was actually billed as Andre Giant's son and he's not he wasn't that's what yeah. he was billed as and originally um but he actually had the um same same thing, but he had the, the, the he had the surgery in, done right he had the surgery done in the like early nineties, i guess once yeah. he was diagnosed with it um yeah, so that he's kind of like stopped growing he didn't he didn't get the gigantic features as much as um Andre the Giant did, yeah. And his well, pictures of Andre like having like you know holding like four or five girls, four or five wrestlers at the same time. Yes, so just, yeah, that. That's massive.
0: That, that is nuts. Massive. That is nuts. Well, I mean, that's all I got about Andre the Giant. Yeah, I'm glad we got an to an do deep deep this, Tom.
1: I feel like one of our longest ones, but yeah, I think it was an interesting one. And and,
0: and I feel like you know we we needed to do this for for Tom for Tom.
1: <laughs> i like all the stuff that we do don't get me wrong i just thought this one was like a little, little pop culture a little, little, little always yeah, good to good, bring a little bit of the uh sport of kings into this a little bit you know yeah this is good
0: stuff good stuff
1: we're not going to do any more wrestlers <laughs> don't worry, <it's> not <laughs> this is not hey, never said ever podcast never said well. ever
0: well, we you yeah. know what I want to do? Like, I want to do something about like James Bond, like the history behind like the movie, James Bond. The, you know, yeah, like, like, yeah, the one Ian Fleming that. was technically a spy during World War II, and then that's how he got his inspiration for James Bond. So there, that could be very historical, but yeah, still, historical backgrounds
1: of the of the historical yeah. figures and stuff like that. Yeah, it could be fun stuff. Yeah, we've talked about it. We'll figure it we out. We'll make it work. We'll
0: yeah. make it work. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. We don't have a boss, <laughs> we are our own boss. Yes, yeah, so we just kind of <laughs> like, hey, that's your a Giant. Okay. Woo! Let's do it. But those of you that did enjoy it. Yeah, how could you not enjoy Andre John? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, either way, I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in once more to our podcast. It is greatly appreciated. Yes, and if you, you uh, guys ever need anything, you can always find us on uh, HistoryTeachersTalkingPodcast.com. Um, so um, I guess that's it for this week. So thank you very much again. And we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. History is the greatest adventure story, but does it ever leave you wondering what the women were doing all that time?